One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I want to try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. This structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very bush of sand and dirt, you got bog they started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for tuning in. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z. ROS.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cots Bros has traps, snares, baits, lures, books, DVDs, everything you need to get going on the trap line. Go to CotsBros.com. We are also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. Mark trap locations, record tracks uh, and travel routes, get landowner information, parcel data you the latest aerial imagery to check out that awesome beaver lodge or that great travel way that predators are following and go back and look at the landowner information figure out whose land that's on and try to get some permissions get that all set up before trapping season all right guys thank you for tuning in again and it's always great to have you each and every week the first shed is looking a little bit better this week you're still in pretty rough shape but we got the roof put back on the house which was nice um, I built this ramp also that was probably weighs like 2,000 pounds and it is so that I can load 50 uh, head of cattle onto a semi truck and so it's going to be four feet high and super rugged and, and uh, yeah so it, that was quite a little project and working on some other stuff around the farm but I was able to start thinking get a little bit closer a little bit dug out to get working on trapping stuff actually ran into trapper bill billy thompson today in town he was working um he was up up in town kind of uh doing a little bird hunting doing a little scouting and working on his lynx exclusion devices do some martin fisher trapping so if you haven't heard uh the billy and charlie episodes that was i don't know a couple months back you better go back and check those out get caught up because those were great um, talking with those guys so had a chance to kind of uh, get an idea of what he's got going for his Martin and Fisher boxes everybody's kind of got a little bit different design so it, a trap you know how trappers are always so uh, creative and inventive so he had some cool ideas that I was kind of looking at and checking out but I've got mine to work on I just uh, brought put together a little bit of lumber here that I get a used to start building some boxes. I don't know if I'll get going on it tomorrow or not, but I will sometime soon. The beauty 
uh, it's frustrating that the days are getting shorter because you can get less done, but the beauty of it is I get to come in here in the shed and, and uh, record a podcast before 9 o'clock, so that's kind of uh, a little bit of a, a, a break, I guess, but anyway, tonight's episode, we are going to uh, talk with Mike Miller from Wyoming, part two, the the last part of our um, conversation with Mike. So we talk a little bit more trapping and get into some of the stuff that's going on there in Wyoming and his new business, Wind River Trapping Supplies. So um, we'll get into that and then we'll stick around for the Cotsboro's Deal of the Week. Um, also, don't forget to check out the Mustelid t-shirt, prized Mustelids of the North American Trapper at trappingtoday.com. Um, beautiful artwork by Philippe from Virginia. He's a listener to the podcast, a longtime listener, uh, incredibly gifted artist, and Philippe has a podcast. It's called Our Numinous Nature. Numinous, I think that's N-U-M-I-N-O-U-S, something like that. Um, I listened to uh, one or two of the episodes. I got to get back. He just interviewed a trapper, so he he's into all kinds of different stuff. It's really kind of interesting, you know. The, this uh, the old crusty trapper from uh, from the fur boom days is kind of uh, not as much of our audience anymore. That's you know the, a lot of those guys are kind of phasing out, and the new generation of trappers looks a little bit different sometimes. And Philippe is. He's an artist and he's an herbalist and he's got a cabin in the woods there in Virginia. I think he's from New York City and he uh, went to the hills, mountains of Virginia to get away from it all and he's doing all kinds of cool stuff there. He's got this this really neat podcast where he talks about herbalist and plants and nature and he talks with uh, naturalists and, and animal people just, you know, generally folks that just love the the common theme is the outdoors and a lot of these people don't have a clue what trapping is and maybe a lot of them are anti-trappers uh but his w- part of what he's doing is trying to maybe give trappers a little exposure to the uh, more naturalist side of things and give the herbalists and the naturalists and in that crowd and exposure to trapping and so he he spoke with a fur bear biologist he spoke with uh, he just did one with a trapper that I've got to listen to and and it, and then a variety of different other people so check that out our numinous nature I think you can get it pretty much anywhere you get podcasts and thanks Philippe and get the shirt um, mustel shirt we got small medium and large available trappingtoday.com you can purchase that on the website and you can get long-distance call trapping lure. I've got more lure coming up. I just uh, bottled a batch of Sweetness, the nice shoulder season lure that's uh, more of a sweet uh, scent. It's actually the only lure that I really enjoy making because <laughs> you, you don't stink when you go back into the house. The wife doesn't, uh, you don't drive the wife crazy. It actually smells pretty good. It's a pleasure to work with, but... Anyway, and uh, Walter Arnold, Main Trapper, check out that book uh, on Amazon or uh, send me an email if you want to buy it directly from me. But anyway, let's get into the episode with Mike and talk Wyoming trapping. So your business, Wind River Trapping Supply, is just getting started. Have you been able to make some connections with the local trapping community there? Yeah, I have. Um, 
I've got I've got some local you know I've got some local folks that have started picking up on buying stuff and and I try to communicate quite a bit locally and and help out. Um, yeah, so we've got we've we've kind of narrowed down narrowed down a lot of the traps. What what I really you know what I really figured out that's occurring kind of quick fast in a hurry is that the number of the number of high end trap sales is not no anywhere near where I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm not somebody that runs a lot of expensive traps. I'm a tinkerer, so and I don't mind. I run I run uh, Wolf Creek Dogless offsets. They're number twos and number threes. They're ninety dollars a dozen, eighty-five and ninety dollars a dozen for number twos, and hundred dollars a dozen for number threes. That's what I run because I'm cheap mm-hmm. and I don't mind them at all. I like them. They're based off the old Northwoods traps. But, um, you know, I'm a, I've been on Trapper Man for years and years, and everybody on there talks about, you know, what traps they run, and MB-550s are awesome, and I know, you know, you like to run some MBs, and um, the, the Extremes and the Extreme Juniors are really popular, and MB-650s, and I have a hard time, <clears throat> I have a hard time selling some of those right now because there's a lot of guys in this area that, that, that are trapping is that's their living in the wintertime. They work for the irrigation company or they work, you know, in lawn care business or something like that. And they trap full time in the wintertime and that's their job. And two or $300 a dozen traps don't fit into that budget when they're unsure about prices. So that kind of surprised me. I, I surely thought that, you know, I thought that I'd be, selling a bunch of those big size sure yeah you know big name traps um and it's almost impossible i've learned that it's almost impossible to make one snare and smell it sell it to multiple people (laughs) (laughs) yeah everybody has a different spec on the snares they want (laughs) yeah i want mine four and a half feet long why four and a half, you know, just the obscure number. And then some guys are, I mean, there is, I think it's what I, what, it's what I think is amazing about the trapping community is everybody, everybody does things absolutely different. And, and to them, it's the only way. And it's this makeshift way of how they've taught themselves how to, how to get better at it or efficient. And, and I know guys that, that set snares, they make their snares where the swivel is a half an inch away from the loop being exactly the right size. <laughs> and like, if you've ever watched, you talked to Rich Mellon a couple mm-hmm. of times from yeah. Trapping Inc. If you watch him do his links trapping, he sets some links traps up where you just walk up and the cam lock runs to the end. And that's where it stops at. And you don't even have to think about your loop size. Mm-hmm. And they just walk up there and hook it up and walk away. And, but these are guys that they might make. 750 snares for this season and that's you know that's a number that's boggles my mind a little bit but everybody so i don't know i make my own i make my own snares and i'm gonna have a series of them come out here pretty soon but i don't know if i can i don't know how the like i don't know how to make 
without making 700, you know, 700 different models of it. I just haven't figured out what everybody's into yet. Yeah, you got to figure out what's, what sells the best and, and try to settle on something. Yeah. And then, um, and every, you know, and, and everybody kind of has their own little way of doing it. And I don't, I don't necessarily like to, like to sell things the way that, the way that I trap or the type of anchors that I use, I try to sell them all, you know, cause mm-hmm. because it's the way that I do, it doesn't mean that that's the right way. Right. Sometimes my way is pretty successful and some, sometimes it's not. It's everybody's own situation is their own way. So, and the the other thing that I learned is out here, most everybody is used to doing everything themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to just sell them the materials on the cable and lock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. I get you, you know, and, and as with, with good wholesale contracts, I, you know, I can get, I can get the materials and then just not have to worry about it because well, you know how to make your own snares. I'll just sell you the materials to do it. Yep. Or wax save, dirt. Save you know how to make your own wax dirt. Yep. Right. You know how to make your own wax dirt. Here's, I can get, I can buy flake wax in bulk and you can just come and buy a bag of it from me when you need it. Yeah. Instead of me, me making wax dirt, which that's one of the first things I did when I started the company was I started making a bunch of wax dirt because out here we got to have it well there's not a lot of people not a lot of people jumping on board because by the time you get labor and and all the work involved with making wax dirt it's not super cheap yeah you're what do you like 50 bucks for a five gallon pail of it um i sell for a dollar a pound yeah yeah and so yeah, somewhere around there, yeah, a little bit less. And then if if it's over um, over fifty over fifty pounds, then we'll you know then we'll be able to you know we would be able to work on a work on a bulk deal for that. And I've got a pretty good setup to make it pretty efficiently. Um, the nice thing about out here is it's so stink and dry, especially this year. It's so stink and dry that you know having access to dry dirt, all you got to do is put it away, mm-hmm. and then you've got access to it year round, you know, so most of the guys that I've, I've sold a lot of wax, sold a lot of flake wax this year, but, um, most of the guys I've told them, Hey, you know, January comes around and you're getting a pickle, call me. I'll have wax and I'll have dirt. Yeah. You may not have dry dirt put up, but I'll have some. Yeah. So you and, get a cement, mix, and we, cement mixer set up. Yeah. 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 That's how I do it. Um, I don't, I don't put the burner on the cement mixer like everybody else does. I still do it in a roaster. Okay. Um, big, like twenty quart, tur- twenty quart turkey roast or electric one, mm-hmm. and then as each batch, because then I can mix it exactly the way that I want. As each batch cures, and I just pitch it in the cement mixer. When the cement mixer's full, I let it run for fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and then it's all cooled off, and it's okay. And so it you put it, you put it at like, you put it in the cement mixer when the wax is still at melting temperature. Yeah. Okay, and then then you. Just... Yep. I just dump it right out of the roaster in there, and then put a new batch in the roaster. And if you, and this is just a tip to everybody: a week after Thanksgiving, go to Walmart <laughs> and buy yourself a twenty or a twenty-two quart roaster for nineteen dollars. Wow. 
Every year they go on sale at Walmart for $19. If you go there right now, the cheap one's $59.99 and the expensive one's $79.99. But you can get either one of them at Walmart for 19 bucks the week after Thanksgiving. Hmm. And it's, it's very controlled. You can do it in your kitchen. You don't got to worry about... You don't got to worry about a turkey roaster doing it in the barn or anything like that. And you can do, I've got a 20 quart and I do two gallons of dirt at a crack in it. And you could probably do three gallons of dirt. You got to stir it up a couple of times a little bit. It's not a big deal, but two gallons of dirt at a time. And it takes about five minutes, five to 10 minutes to get a batch heated up and get the wax all melted and stirred up. You can do in a, in an afternoon, you can do a month supply of wax dirt. Hmm. If you have the dirt dried and sifted already. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think there's more work on the front side that people don't realize. They think <laughs> the work's after. I, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing is if you want to be efficient about how to do it, if you're just doing dirt, you know, like our dirt here is very, very fine. Like I've got a switch. Uh, I'm going to do the big pan cover experiment this year and go seven different ways Ooh, just to figure out what I like. Right. Because yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, and we can talk pan covers here in a second. Cause I got, <laughs> I've, I've got everything in the world that I'm going to run this year just to try it out. Cause I've ran nylon, screens for years since I, I don't either F&T or Minnesota brand back way back in the day started cutting them and putting them in a bag for cheap. They're not expensive at all. That's just what I've gotten used to using. I really like them. Well, out here I can pour my dirt on a nylon screen and it goes right through it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I... I, t I, I mix, I get coarse gravel and mix in with it, and it really cuts down on the amount of wax you use. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that fine, surface area that to, fine to dirt. To stick to. Yeah. yeah, that fine dirt uses up so much wax. You use twice as much wax for that fine dirt as you do for sand. I believe it. And then it, I think it, it all blends a little bit better if it's got a diverse color to it. If it's got kind of a multi-pattern, you know, multi-dirt style pattern in it, I think it blends a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But it's it's so much easier on the wax when you're doing it. When you can, that's your expense. Building doing wax dirt is how much wax you're using. You could do two to one mm -hmm. if you're mixing sand in there and doing it that way. Some guys are running; they're just getting they're going to the store and buying bags of play sand. <laughs> yeah. And waxing that and just using that solely. Yeah. Um, it gets a, it can be a but, little loose. It can be hard to bed the trap sometimes in that stuff. But. Right, and that's why I think that I think this combination that I started running on my last batch, I think it's a lot better. It beds. I can bed it really tight, um, and it, that helps out a lot. Yeah. But no, this pan, this pan cover deal. This has been driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I've got, you're not the only one. <laughs> no, I'm I tell you what, I've got 
I've got some polyfill that I'm going to run this year. I've got some pipe insulation that I'm going to run this year. My, my, my good friend, Jeremy, he's, he's hardcore into the two inch pipe insulation, the yellow fiberglass insulation. Then I've got latex pan covers like Trapper J on, on YouTube. I, I watch, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and, and Trapper J's. He's pretty dang entertaining. And so I've got some of the latex paint covers that he was running. I've got some underalls that I'm going to try those. And then I think I am going to order, when I set my next set of traps up, I'm going to put um, either Mike Kelly's pans on them or I'm going to put expanded pans on them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to go sands. I'm just going to go without pan cover altogether. And yeah, see, that's kind of that, that's like. kind of the direction I I may be headed towards. I'm not sure yet, but I really liked. I tr- I had Mike's pans last year on some of my traps, and I really liked them w- with polyfill underneath them. And uh, yeah, th- I, I'm I'm kind of thinking I want to go that direction. It makes life a lot easier. I know that. Yeah, I I'm I'm trying to get I'm trying to get away from fimbling around like mm-hmm. you know trying to get trying to get my system everybody everybody comes up with a system of you know when you watch these dvds or you watch mark june and you watch you know any anybody they, they've all set their bed their traps their own way and they do it their own way and i on my predator traps i, I don't have that one system set up that works out here so this year i'm i'm literally I'm going to run six traps this way, six traps this way, six traps this way, and then see what works for me. What's, what's efficient for me setting the trap and then what's catching animals too, you know, mm-hmm. just to figure, cause I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't, haven't really got, haven't really got that, that method that works for me where I can do it with my eyes closed and I can roll in and roll out. Cause you know, the, the, the less time you're at that set, the better. Yeah. You're doing if if you're doing it in in a minute, or I'm there for four minutes, messing around, can't get the trap bedded right. I, I mean, I even went to, I was power bedding traps with sixty penny nails last year because <laughs> I couldn't get them. I, I I couldn't get it set up, and I didn't have wax dirt, and it was the sand was so fine and so loose in some of the areas where it's just sugar sand. I was struggling with bedding a trap. I started power bedding them. That works. That actually was a saving grace for me for a while last year while I struggled until the ground froze solid. Yeah, it makes it a little tougher that way. (laughs) Then the trap doesn't come out. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so then it failed, you know, then then this great idea that you had fails right in front of you. Yeah. Um, I I bought a bunch of traps. I, I bought a bunch of traps with spikes in them. You know, the guy that was a big believer in that. Um, and I, I actually took them all off. I never even tried them. I imagine it works well, but boy, it, those traps are awfully hard to store and, and handle and deal with. So the, the way that I power bed them, the spikes aren't, the spikes don't go through the traps. Okay. They just, you, you, you take them and you put them kitty corner across the frame and just the head of the nail going down against the frame beds the trap. Okay. Okay. And you got to have, like, I have a small handle. It's a small wooden dowel 
that I'll put on the end of it and hit it with my trapping hammer. Um, because it's, you, you got to do it with the trap set, of course. And I don't know how many times you set the trap off while you're trying to bed it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's irritating. I, I, I learned that that way watching, um, Clint Locklear, um, trapping cats down in Texas mm-hmm. on, on an old, one of the, um, one of his, one of his YouTube videos. And it's quite, it's, it's a pretty old one, but, um, there, there was a gentleman. It was, and it wasn't Clint doing it. There was a guy that was running long springs down there, and he was, and he was power bedding all his traps. And I could see how, in the in the south where you're not worried about freezing at all, in that loose sand, how power bedding is just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it, how it would work really well. But this way here, the the trap, the na- you, as soon as the trap flies off, the nails don't go through the frame or nothing like that. You don't got to worry about finding them or nothing. They're always sitting right in your trap bed. It's just as soon as the ground froze, that nail's not moving, and half the time the trap's not coming out of the trap bed. Yeah, it, the trap will go off. It's just it's nailed into the trap bed, and it's then it's not a functional set. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So I, it's just one of those, just another failure. But it's <laughs> it's a tactic that works. It's a tactic that works, but it has its place. Right. It's not. It's not a system. And when you, I mean, I'm, when you watch the guys that are good, like Bill Brown used to post videos, doesn't post a lot of videos anymore. He used to post videos on Trapper Man and stuff like that. And I've watched him do like remakes for Fox catches. He's maybe away from his pickup for 30 seconds. <laughs> and he's walking away from a set trap that's going to have an animal in it in two days. And he's not worried about it one bit. I'm like, that's, and then you, you look at that, you look at his success, you're like, well, that's got to be part of it. You know, it, it has to be. Because you're not, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. There's, I, so, go ahead. I've, I've just, talking back bedding traps, I found that in this area, if I dig the trap bed properly, I don't have any issues bedding traps. If I don't dig the trap bed properly, it's a nightmare trying to bed the trap. You might as well just give up. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, and if you, as soon as you get used to the size of your trap, after you do 50 of them, you can walk up and with about, like I use, it's it's a it's an old style phone company lineman's hammer that I use for, for a, for a trapping hammer, so it's kind of a claw hammer, and it's kind of a one and a half pound sledge. It's, it's but it, it digs pretty good. About three swings of a hammer, I can have a trap bed dug out for the size of my trap. You just if you set number twos forever in the same exact trap, it's you just do it, and it it gets to be methodical. But yeah, you can you can butcher it up, dig it too deep have it not set in level and you can sit there and fight it and fight it and fight it <laughs> yeah. for, for a while. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's where for some folks, the cookie cutters come in. Yeah. You don't where, hear where much they, about them anymore though. I know a few people use them, but not very many. Yeah. And in some, in some soil types, I can see where that would be really good. Like where I was trapping in Ohio, I would, I would, uh, I would probably have a setup like that because it's a, the heavy, dense clay-based soil, you know, or 
or topsoil that's that's pretty thick that you can get out here it wouldn't do a bit of good you know it's just <laughs> sand you know it's yeah it's kind of loose it's kinda oil like, and then uh, it, like zagger's pipe dreams that it it would work great at back east or in like in farm country but where i trap and where you trap i don't even know if it's possible yeah so the um that's that's it's really interesting that you say that because i've talked to about three different guys um so mark zagger was out here at coyote days um john graham runs coyote days out in west wyoming and he was out zagger was out there did you make it there I made it. I was out there for a little bit. Nice. I had had I had an old friend of mine in in town for the weekend, and and he's he's my best friend in the whole world. I don't have a whole lot of them, and so he was in town for the weekend. So we didn't go out to Coyote Days and spend a bunch of time like we wanted, like we were originally going to. And um, but I I missed Mark's presentation, which is too bad because Mark's a, just a super entertaining guy. He sure is. Yeah. But um, there's there's a bunch of guys that watch that and they, and I've talked to a few of them and, you know, innovation in trappers is so neat because everybody will see something and they'll adapt it to, to where they're at. Um, so the pipe dream set, a, a true pipe dream set, there's probably, you could go in town in somebody's manicured yard and set one. Mm-hmm. But that's the only that's the only place you'd ever get a real true one. Set. You have to have sod. That's what, I, what I've found is you just, you have to have sod. Right. But you can modify that set a million different ways. We don't really have to worry about the water out here where out East, you know, that's where, where, like where I was trapping in, in Ohio there, you'd go out and check your traps and you got, you've got puddles. That's your trap bed. Well, that's dandy. That's going to do me no good, you know? <laughs> And, and I used to run, you know, I ran like a, I don't know, an elementary version. When I was out in Ohio trapping, that's when Mark first come out with that set and was getting popular. And, and I didn't watch the videos or nothing. I read an article on Trapper Man about it, and I was going to become the greatest trout trapper in the world. So I went out and started setting it. And I was actually able to get a trap bedded properly and stuff. That, that's what I was learning at that time but I didn't do a bunch of catching with it because I didn't understand the principle. It just, the whole principle of it went by me minus bedding the trap. But, um, there's a lot of guys there. There are a lot of guys that run a version of the pipe dream set out here. It's just, um, edgy alfalfa fields, edge of grain fields and stuff like that. And those are those lines of how to run in anyways. And you can you can butt right up to that alfalfa early season, and you can run that set right there. Now the way you're bedding your traps is going to be different. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So just but, a little refresher for folks who aren't familiar with the pipe dream set. The you know the pipe part of it is actually to me the minor part of the pipe dream set. You know is using yeah Alex using sure. a, a PVC con- section of PVC conduit as to serve as kind of your dirt hole your lure holder. Um, but really to me, the big part of that trap is the way that he beds the trap and he's trapping in, uh, New York in the East and you're dealing with lots of rain and ice and snow and everything else. And his trick is the, the way he beds the trap in his, in, uh, sod, uh, soil is the, basically the, 
the trap is kind of floating above the ground. You dig a deep trap bed and the trap is kind of squeezed in between the sod where the jaws are kind of held tight. So so the trap is weatherproof. Essentially, there's there's no dirt covering it. It's it's uh, grass lawn clippings covering the trap, uh, covering the pan cover. And everything, all the rain, all the water just kind of runs right through that trap and it's sitting there floating. And so it's, it's probably the most weatherproof tr set that anyone's come up with uh, thus far. The, the trouble that I see with it is, like w places where I trap in the woods here, there is no sod. So you can, you can dig a perfect trap bed and there's just no root uh, system or anything or any grass uh, in, in a lot of these places that's going to actually hold that trap there. Yeah, and, and that's that's what the struggle that's what the struggle is with with that set out here. So a lot of that, you know, a lot of those bedding principles that are the ba that are the big basis for for Mark's system don't necessarily work out here. But the using the pipe using the pipe is a is a great avenue for mm -hmm. is a great avenue for bait and lure. Um, it kind of gets it up off the ground a little bit, but still makes it somewhat inconspicuous. And you can, I mean, if you watch some of it, like I remember first seeing these sets and you're just like, you know, coyote in a, a piece of PVC in the middle of a hay meadow. <laughs> like, that's not going to work. Well, that coyote doesn't know the difference. I mean, it doesn't know the difference. It's the uneasiness, the insecurityness of it is that trap bed is when it moves, you know, if you, if you're walking across the, if you're walking across your yard and there's a soft spot in your yard, you're not going to put all your weight on your foot. You're going to lift your foot as a human being and walk around it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks that, that have really jumped on the, I don't, I don't want to say bandwagon because it's a functional system. Sometimes when you say bandwagon, people <laughs> leave you to believe, leave you to believe that it's that it's not good or whatever. I mean, Mark run, Mark Mark's got a great system. Yeah, and he's not. There's a lot it's of not people that are scam. He's not trying to sell anything. I mean, it's just a really. He gave great it. Idea. He gave it to everybody for. He gave it to everybody for free the day that he created it. You know, <laughs> right. he went out and ran it, took a bunch of pictures of it, and put it on Trapper Man. And two days later, there were young folks like me out there. I'm gonna be the greatest coyote trapper in the world because I learned this new thing and. And it never worked for me because I didn't, I didn't know the basis of being a good coyote trapper. Yeah, it was sign, knowing the animal. Where's the animal going to be? And and set on sign. Don't try to draw. You know, I was like, ah, I want that coyote to come in right here. No, I want the coyote to almost trip over the dang thing. Yeah. So so you've got Wind River trapping supplies. You're selling traps, snares. Uh, wax dirt. What else you got? Um, so I've got uh, so I've got a I've got a few wholesale contracts. I've got I've got a wholesale contract with Wolf Creek Products, like we've talked, and I've got a wholesale contract with Minnesota Brand uh, with uh, Minnesota Trapline Products. So um, and and the, one of the great things about about them as a wholesaler is they they basically sell everything minus. Duke traps. Okay. We won't get into that conversation. <laughs> no necessity for that. Oh, really? We won't. They don't, there's not a lot of not a lot of Duke trap sales going on on Minnesota's. We've discussed Minnesota we've discussed case, that but, on this on this podcast before. <laughs> but we don't. It would take um, too much time to get into it. 
No, no, and I'm and I I'm not one to necessarily care, but um, um, one of one of my biggest things is the folks that I the folks that I started dealing with are some of the greatest people. I mean, it it kind of surprised me when when I sent an email asking a couple of questions after I got a after I got all my paperwork done with Minnesota Trap Lines, I get an email back from Nancy Cadence, you know, and I'm kind of a weird person, like in the trapping world, that's like, yeah, that's really cool. She owns a company. <laughs> you know? um, but there, on, on that person to person basis, it's, it's just that tight of a community and, and the customer service to a, to a wholesaler is the same as the customer service that they get to somebody out on the, you know, somebody, buying off of their website and it's pretty amazing how how well you're treated and and how out of you know how out of their way everybody goes yeah um so i sell the other thing that the other thing that i'm really working on kind of getting into my own market is on, on my own product is bait um because i like to trap muskrats i like to trap beaver so I, i'm trying to make that somewhat of a fruitful venture. So I'm, I'm getting into the bait, the, the meat based bait market. Um, and I make some, I make some rat bait right now and I'm, I kind of do mine a little bit different than a lot of other folks just to, just to fit in my own spot. And, um, so my, my rat bait is super simple. It's not complex at all. It doesn't have 17 different ingredients in it. Yeah, but it's got you, three. Mike, you have to have secret ingredients and lots of ingredients in order for it to work. Well, see. <laughs> <laughs> it has, there has to um, be some magic and some hocus pocus involved. And some, and, and some, and some of those, and some of those are some of the best dang stuff out there. Like, you know, one of the, one of the baits I'm looking at on my shelf right now is Hiawatha Valley is a Cavens bait. Um, Hiawatha Valley has got a lot of glands in it. It's got a lot of things. It's probably, I believe, at one time, it was the number one selling bait in the United States. It probably still is. I don't know. He sells a ton of it up there. Um, great bait. Bunch of ingredients. I have used it forever. I love it. But the reason that I make my bait is for years, I've, I've always just used my muskrats and quartered them up and used them in dirt holes and, and had pretty good success now when it starts freezing. You, you've got a muskrat-based bait. Uh, beaver based bait and you're looking at potentially getting a bobcat meat bait yeah I've, I've got i've got everything set up to do it i've just got to get the quantity of the base you know the just the ingredients um like i said i'm i'm particularly not going to be trapping a bunch of bobcat this year if i happen to get into some it'd be inadvertently that they're in the area that i'm running traps this year i'm not out seeking them out um so if i can get some sourced locally efficiently then i can do that um, then I'll have those three baits. Um, I recently signed a, I recently got a deal done with, um, Justin Moorhead at West Branch Lures and, and Justin runs a small, smaller company out of, uh, Pawnee City, Nebraska. And, um, he's got, he's got a really, he's got a really good lure line and he, you know, kind of does, he does a lot in his community, in the trapping community there. And so that's really one of the, one of the big reasons why I wanted to, why I, I kind of seek Justin out to, to get a deal with some lure. Yep. Where did you um, find out about him? Facebook. Okay. 
Yeah, Facebook is Facebook is something that I'm pretty. Um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get heavier and heavier into it. Um, there's a big there's a, there's a big trapping community in Facebook once you get involved in it. Once you get into a group and then you start linking linking a few groups together, pretty soon you find out that there's thousands and thousands of trappers out there in the United States that have all these separate Facebook small groups that they're in and they're pretty those groups are pretty tight. They've got, you know, regulations on who gets let in and stuff like that just to try to keep the anti community out. But communication's getting really good in those groups. Um and it's pretty it's pretty cool. So that's kind of a that's the platform that I've chosen, mm-hmm. I suppose you could say, to promote the company, to kind of promote advocacy about trapping and everything is is Facebook and that's that's where I found um, that's where I found him a few weeks ago. They were running a youth trapping, um, a youth trapping, I don't know if it's a get together or a convention or what they want to call it over in Friend, Nebraska. And they had a bunch of instruction there and it's specifically geared straight towards kids, teaching kids how to trap. And they were, there was, you know, there was giveaways for bait and lure and traps and stuff like that. And I didn't really, I wasn't able to get involved because I found out about it really late. And I didn't get all of the information as to what was going on there, but it was really, it was really um, good to see. Times like today, it's hard to find a convention to go to, let alone find something geared towards geared towards kids and and put together really well. Yeah. So I seen that he was involved in that, and then I started talking with him, and and I was talking with him about working on a deal, and just it just so happens that I. I have a friend out in Western Nebraska that I've known for years and years, and he's a heck of a coyote trapper and coyote hunter. And I was talking to him, talking to him about lure, and just out of the blue, he goes, "You know, I've started. I switched companies, and I started using this other guy's stuff. And it's he goes, it's just work. It just works great for me. You know, he he really makes a good product, and it's good price and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, who's that? And he's like company out of nebraska here called west branch lures so i i thought it was pretty ironic that 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 you know that it come about that way but um (laughs) so we're gonna have here and here in a few days we're gonna have kind of justin's whole line here ready to sell and that that looks pretty promising you know yeah awesome so you're you're just gearing up getting ready to go (laughs) yeah and the problem is for the business-wise, we're gearing up, and if I walk over here, step into the other room in my first ship, all of my traps are in milk crate and on each shelf and haven't done anything with them since last year. I still got grass in the jaws. I still got pan covers in some of them. And <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so there's there's some sleepless nights ahead to get to get stuff done. But um, but yeah, no, we're we're doing we're doing pretty well. And I got you know another thing I, I was. At the last meeting that we were at, I was talking to Tom Krause and Tom. Tom makes a Tom makes a, a Martin and Martin and Bieber lure, and he makes a couple he, he makes a couple of different lures. But I'm actually gonna work out. I'm gonna get a deal and start selling some of Tom's stuff as well here. And yeah, so the the Facebook deal though, I'll, I'll take probably like minutes to go into something I, a friend of mine I, I put out a few videos on Facebook um, I'm not very photogenic 
I'm not very good at it and we don't do takes or nothing. We just do, it's live and yeah. we post them on Facebook and a friend of mine and, but I've been talking about being an advocate about trapping and, and kind of setting our page up a little bit different than what some others are doing, not just doing instructional videos and not just trying to sell stuff, but trying to educate, get people involved and stuff. And, and so, uh, one, a friend that I socialize with quite a bit on Facebook and I've met him a few times here in Wyoming goes, Hey, you need to check out, do you listen to Clint Locklear's podcast? And I wish I said that I listened to them all because I like Clint Locklear, but just to his, his mode of conveyance for podcasts doesn't work for me very well. So you've got to get him off of his, you know, you've got to listen to him off of his website and that's just, that doesn't necessarily work for me to listen to him all, but I want to say episode 399 talks about culture, like trapping culture. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting. If anybody wants to kind of listen or hear what, what, what we're trying to do here, that, that episode there kind of puts it in a nutshell. And what he's talking about is he's like, trapping isn't just, for years, trapping's just been about instructional videos and how-tos and this and that. There's so much else that you're missing. There's the community that you miss. There's the, the, the friendship that you miss, the instruction, the ingenuity, you know, that doesn't really get shown very well. So that's, that's something that we're working on quite a bit. Um, and it's back to my old, to my mantra of the handshake used to be able to go to the local sport and hobby store and talk about this, talk about that. And now nobody, why doesn't anybody talk about trapping? They talk about deer hunting. You know, why don't you talk about trapping? How many, that community just seems to kind of been closeted off and you're by themselves and they seem to buy everything online and learn everything on a YouTube video and, and don't really socialize too much about it. And, and uh, so that's, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of picked the platform of Facebook and I'm getting pretty involved in it. And I've, I've just found a plethora of, of great groups of people that, um, that, that are really open. They're really open about talking about trapping. You just got to get involved. You know, you just got to get out there, and it's a great way to communicate. Yeah, I I just uh, searched on Facebook and I found you, Wind River Trapping Supplies. Yeah, that's me. And you can watch my poorly produced and poorly and uh, zero editing videos. Um, <laughs> side note, that you know. It is amazing how how ridiculously complicating the most simple things are if you don't know, like just lighting. I thought <laughs> the more light, I thought the more light the better. So I had lights on everywhere in my shop. I had every light I owned on in my shop. Yeah. And then yeah. there's these horrible shadows, you know. <laughs> and then I've got horrible. Then the sound is just horrible. So then uh, I've got a we're trying a bunch of different setups and. And, and I'm, we'll go back to the, I'm cheap. I'm also very cheap. So let's remember that. You've got shirts though. Um, so, I see you've got shirts already. No, absolutely. I've got shirts. I've, I've got shirts and, and we've we're kind of our, our swag lineup's going to get a little bit, going to get a little bit more entailed, but um, just learning how to do the videos and learning how to make a video. And then we moved to inside the house because it's a little bit more controlled 
and then the, the table glares horribly and the <laughs> camera moves when you hit the table and it's just it's crazy about all these goofy problems that you have and that you don't realize you know you just think i can get in, i can talk about anything <laughs> you have <laughs> but, the same bench swaging tool that i have that's nice i see oh yeah hey just go go get yourself go get yourself one anybody that doesn't have one just go get yourself one you can sit there and you can fight with the hand swager forever and ever, and you can create contraptions and put pieces of pipe on your bench, just go buy a swager. Just, <laughs> my Lord, that thing is so nice. It's yeah. such, it's so simple. It's so exact. It's so precise. And I've seen guys use anvils for years, and, may, and, and that, that might work great for them. It doesn't work good for me. I just, it's, having, having good tools makes a world of difference. It's not much but, more um, than $100. Hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty dollars, maybe. No, and it, so there's, yeah, worth it. there's another company out there. I, I bought this one because, uh, you know, because I'm a wholesaler, so I got a deal. On, I I got a little bit better price on it. Not not a bunch. Don't ever, don't let anybody tell you that the wholesale businesses we don't make killings off. Yeah, there's a reason I'm not in it. There's, <laughs> there's there's another there's another company out there. If you search around. It's not like it's not you don't get it through Harbor Freight, but it's a company like Northern Tools or something like Similar, that makes a blue yeah. one. Yeah. And and I want to say that it's eighty nine dollars. You can find it online for eighty nine dollars, and it does just as good as this one here does. I know somebody that has one. Compare the two side by side. I don't think they're too much different. Um, but yeah, you you know, just there's there's a few tools that you that you need to have if you're going to be in the snare making business here. If you're going to make your own anchors. And that's one of them. You just yeah. you just gotta own one. Yeah, I just it'll it'll pay for itself it. almost immediately for sure. So yeah. Um, so one other thing, Mike, that I wanted to talk about is you had a lot of feedback for me on on the Onyx maps and using Onyx on yeah. your, on your trap line. I just thought it'd be great to hear from you more about uh, how that's been useful for you. Yes. Yeah. I've, I. I um I kind of picked Onyx Maps. It's kind of like I picked Facebook as a platform. Out here, when I moved to Wyoming, there are a bunch of people using a bunch of different apps because cell phones are so freaking awesome. <laughs> and they're using base maps and they're using all these different for 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 these guided hunts and they're going up and they're you know they're hunting antelope and, and you're hunting in a different district and you don't know the area and and you start watching Randy Newberg. And those guys talk about how they use Onyx. And I'm like, you know what? And this is before you were into, this is before you were um, strongly advocating Onyx. I, yeah, I before they advertise on around. the podcast or anything. Yeah, and I, I started tinkering around with it. And then every time I open it up, I just kind of come up with, like, I think you said this, every time I use it, I just come up with a new idea <laughs> yeah. of a way that it works. So a couple of the things that I do, I was, I was out gathering firewood for, I was out gathering firewood and I was talking to a, talking to the guy that owned the property there that gave me permission to get the firewood and, and he kind of, he seen my trapping shirt and he's like, oh, are you, you know, you're a trapper? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't even, I was, I'm always looking for land to coyote hunt, coyote hunt and trap, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't really even thinking about talking to him. I didn't know how much land he really owned. He goes, uh, he goes, I, man, I'd love to have you come in here and trap. This fall, I've got a lot of goats and running a lot of, um, a lot around here. And the coyotes just, they just come right off of the habitat, right onto, 
every single night. I'm like, well, that's awesome. And so um, I'm like, well, let me let me get my phone out here real quick and let me get your information. And then I had Onyx Map pulled up in my phone for something else, and I, I just clicked on his property, and it said, you know, add a waypoint, whatever, and you can put some information in there. So, you know, I wrote, you know, coyote permission and whatnot. And then I started thinking about it, and it's like you can add a picture to your waypoint. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, heck, I know I can take a picture with my phone and turn any document in. I can take a picture of a document, turn it into a PDF, and email it. I use it for work all the time. I can just take a picture of a print, send it off to a contractor for work purposes, you know, mm-hmm. and I can send it as a PDF, not as an image. So I can, I can go out, talk to somebody about getting land permission, Get take that permission form, take a picture of it, attach it to the waypoint, attach it to their property. And if I'm out in the field, if I get asked any questions in the field about property line discrepancies, because you, I mean, you know, you've been out here. There's everything's not a fence row. Nope. It's an imaginary line in a lot of places, and I can go. Well, this is where I'm standing, and this is the person's property that I am, and here's the permission form that I have for it. You know. And, 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 and everything's, and that's legitimate. I like to be upfront and legitimate. So there's no questions asked. There's no kind of, you know, like I said, the more educated, the more educated you come to the conversation, the better off you, you are. That works awesome. Um, I've talked to some of the local, some of the local folks here and they're like, well, you know, the law states that you have to have that document with you. It doesn't you know, state whether it has to be physical paper or it can be on your phone. Right. right. The big thing is is that you have that information, that you have yeah. access to it, and there's no better way to prove that you have access to it than that. Um, and another thing that, that, I, that I discovered that you can do is one of my trap lines last year was really popular. Um, it was... It was just a, it was a dog-proof line that I had running, but it was really popular. It was during pheasant season, but I was running dog-proofs and didn't have any issues at all, and I was just pitching some coon on the side, but it got reported to the, you know, it probably got called into the game more than 20 times. Really? Every time I had an animal, you know, every time I caught an animal in it, every time I caught an animal in it, you know, the game warden would call me and ask me about it or whatever, so... um. I, I felt that it was really important to be able to always prove when I checked my traps. Yeah. So when I was out on my line, I would always, no matter what, try to take one or two pictures so they were date stamped. So I could say, well, here's a picture from that set yesterday, and here's one from the day before, and one from the day before. We've got a 72-hour check here, but a lot of my, like my coon sets and rat sets and stuff like that, I check them daily. If, if they're by the if, when they're by the house here, so just to just so to you, limit that, you've got a record well, proving that basically you did things right. Right, yeah, yeah. Just 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 because I knew that that line was popular and I knew that the public property at the time that I was trapping was was this and and the the dog and the snare issue that happened earlier in the conversation that we were talking about that had happened as well. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I had all the information up front if any questions ever got asked. So I was documenting that with pictures and stuff. And well, one thing, it's, it's, sim- it's so simple to do in Onyx is you can turn your track feature on 
run your chat line and save it and it says when you were there yep you that's proof and when you're in it <laughs> and there's nothing more legitimate than that it's hard to make it that up that I, you can, yeah you you i mean you i mean you'd have to be a coder at on it i suppose I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's just that simple i mean i can i if if I were to put all my traps as waypoints, all my sets as waypoints, which I don't, I don't put every single one. I have key key features, and then I set in between on a trail or whatever. But if I was to put every set on there, you could just be like, well, look, I walked by every one of them yesterday. It took me seven minutes to get from that one to that one. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really legitimate. Um, and it also provides you good, you know, that, that part provides you a good record yourself so you can always keep track. Sometimes it, it seems kind of ridiculous to somebody if, if to try to explain our snare laws, our check periods, snare laws in the state of Wyoming. At first, it's really complex. You got to check your snares once in a week time span. Yeah. It's not it's, once it a seem, week. It seems once, complex, but it's actually a better way. In my opinion, yeah. no, it is once in Absolutely. every seven calendar days. It's way clearer when, as in right. terms of actual enforcement issues. Right, but it's very easy to actually keep track of that yourself with that. Not not just have it ready for a game warden or somebody wanted to question you about it, but just to be like, man, I gotta, yeah, I gotta get out there tomorrow. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's got to be done tomorrow. Yeah, so I can maintain my, you know, maintain my line. Um, so that's that's something that's something that on I just kind of picked up because you were talking about the tracking feature on on your podcast when you were talking to and I can't remember his name. It was pretty cool. The uh, guy from Onyx. Yeah, was it Jared? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you were talking with him, I was I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna give that a shot. That's pretty cool. And then and then there's a you know, a few ideas that I come up with that that's one of them. And then the the third one is um, I can take and just like you guys said, I, I can take my trap line that I have saved in Onyx Maps, and and if I'm trapping with a trapping partner, we can share, we can share that information. So I can say, hey, I went out and ran the North Line, and I put 20 more sets on it, and I got them posted in Onyx. So when you go out to check them tomorrow, you can see them for yourself. You know, here's the waypoints. Yeah, it's perfect. Right here's the here's the waypoints. That's that's great. That's that's great. Well. On another side of that, there's times that I'm going out by myself, it's 20 below, and I'm on foot checking traps in certain areas. Or I'm, you know, I'm out walking, walking the river when it's, when it's that cold in the wintertime. And, and, and it doesn't take very long to be extremely rural, extremely middle of the nowhere out mm -hmm. here <laughs> where your cell phone doesn't work and where everything doesn't work. But I can I can send my trap line to my wife, or she's my trapping partner, so she's going to have it anyways. But but she knows where she knows where my sets are at. She knows where my lines at. She knows where I'm going. So if I don't get home at eleven o'clock like I'm supposed to, she knows where to start. Yeah. Um, and at twenty or thirty below, or like the crazy stuff that you were in up in the last, you know, forty and fifty below. Knowing where to start might might be the one thing that saves you. Yeah, that might be your only chance, right? And 
so the the safety side of it's the safety side of just anything like that's a big point to me with the family because we're with the family involved in everything it's just it's kind of that much more important to teach the kids and stuff that way but um that's pretty cool you can send that out and then that's i mean it's it's so accurate and it's so easy to go out and find it it's it's pretty cool and then um i learned last week when you were talking about adding the waypoint or marking your location yeah yeah right that was a that was a topic uh, uh, of confusion for some people. It was for me at first. I have been, I have been struggling with that a few different times, and that kind of filled in, that kind of filled in another, another gap that I had, um, another gap that I had, and so there's a couple of, there's a couple of negatives. I don't want to say them as negatives. There's just a couple of downfalls. I'll say to using. To use an onyx solely, and it's, um, maybe downfall is not even the word. Informa- so much information is right at your hand, but it's not up to date to the day. Let's kind of mm-hmm. put it that way. So, you know, like it's it's great for finding property owners. I use it for work all the time um, for finding property owners and deciding property lines and stuff like that. I use it constantly, but um, that information's not. Like Onyx isn't going into every county's demographic and downloading that GIS data once a week. There's no way. No, I think, and that's not possible. um, I mean, in some like some of those western states, like Montana, was pretty good. That that stays updated pretty good. But at least where I'm at, there's no way you could do that. Yeah, and you can't. You sort of could here if you drove down to the courthouse and like shook somebody's hand and you know <laughs> yeah. we're, you know we're still we're, we're all digital here you know everything in the county is digital and it's pretty accurate but that that information doesn't get updated up to date like you know the the place where i live doesn't have it's not listed me as the owner and i've lived here for almost a year yeah and the and funny thing top. is like like where i live that's not an issue because the people the land ownership almost never changes up here, <laughs> believe yeah. it or not. But uh, it's a, a real poor area. There's no everybody's moving out. Nobody's moving in except with Corona. There's a few people trying to escape the cities that are coming up here. But it's not common. Yeah. But out there, people are flocking to Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. Yeah, just the land is regularly. Just tell them it's horrible and it smells bad and the weather's despicable and you can't stand it. Yeah, now, now that you've made it there. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm here. No, and there's nobody else. I'm the last one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's so so that's that's one that's one thing that um, that's one problem that I've had. And the other problem there's so much of there's so much of our area here that's in and out of service. Mm-hmm in and out of cell service and, and you may you may think you're going to have cell phone service and you don't getting your maps downloaded up front of the area that you're planning on covering yeah critical is a godsend yeah and just and and maybe maybe cut if you if you say you you pick three five mile height or you know five mile distance maps for an area that you're going to cover kind of download the surrounding ones as well yeah because you're going to veer off you're going to do, you know, and 
and when you get out there and you're trying to use it and you're you're into another map area and you can't function and you can't do anything you just feel so like you know you once you get used to the once you get used to using it as a marking system and a mapping system you get so reliant on it yeah that um so that, that, those are kind of really the two things you know don't don't rely on that use that information for for the value that it is on property owners and stuff like that use it as a source to start it it, it may not be 100% accurate and then um and then download more maps than what you think you're going to need yep that's that's a pretty those good are, those are, <laughs> i mean you're Chances yeah. are, you're, and, no matter what happens, you're going to go outside of those maps you download. Yeah, and and just, you know, if anybody's questioning it, just use it. You get it, you get full service on it free for seven days. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the engineering field of sorts. We won't give away what I do too much, but I'm in the engineering field of sorts. And, and I have, it, it, it blow your mind how often I use it on a daily basis Yeah, for work. It's yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty critical for me at work with right of ways and easements and stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's crazy how useful of it is. But um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a it's a great product. It's just, it's really useful. It's it's really the first one that I found that was useful. I think the first trapping app that I remember ever seeing was I I want to say I go trapping maybe might have been the very first trapping app did you try it it was now i tried it year i mean this was years ago on a windows phone <laughs> it was really it was really really poor um but i i wasn't it was it was just too it was too cumbersome for me at the time and i and i didn't really have a need for it i thought it would be a, a neat recording tool for all the information but it just i, I didn't I'm not a person that takes infinite notes on every set, what, what I'm using, what, what lure and bait I'm using. It sounds like a great idea. I just never end up following through with it. But, um, I haven't tried it recently. I just, I, I got, um, I kind of got on the Onyx kick and, and, and I'm kind of heads kind of, I don't, I'm not going anywhere else really. It works great for me. Yeah. I think you can do everything you need to do with that app on the trap line. Yeah, it, um, the only the only problem that I know that I'm going to have is I struggle with I struggle with my phone working when it's cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I, I, think, I learned know, that in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all of them. Um, you know, I just you know everybody says back in my day we walked uphill both ways and my flip phone always worked in the cold, blah and whatever. Um, <laughs> but trying to keep trying to keep your phone you know trying to keep your phone warm if you need it for a critical situation or something and battery usage gets to be crazy when it's really cold out and stuff like that we'll see how it's going to work in the winter time and i don't know how much i'm going to use it day to day when i'm in the field on the line but i, I think in the background like I, I can go out to my i can set up my computer and mark locations where i went out and set sets and know that that's where it's at it's the point of two two tracks meeting or whatever, you know, and I can set those waypoints later if my phone's not working just to keep track of it. But, yeah. Um, keep that phone close to the that, body. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll make a little holster for it or something. <laughs> <I'll put> it. <laughs> make All a right. cool little holster for it. Um, anything else you want to cover? 
Uh, you know, no, I don't, I don't think so. Just, uh, yeah, just kind of keep, I, I just, I still, I still love the podcast. I still try to listen to it as, try to listen to it often. And it, it, uh, podcasts keep me occupied when I'm driving. Like I get tons of windshield time here. So, um, keep it up. And I, I really do appreciate what you, what you're doing there for sure. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And, uh, it's great to, hear what you've got going on there in Wyoming and new trapping supply business and trying to promote trapping there and, and getting into it. So it's great to hear and, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch as things move along. All right, Jeremiah, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Yep. Bye. Okay. It is time for the Cotsboro's deal of the week. This week we have a special offer for you. Five bucks. Who doesn't want five bucks? You go to cotsbros.com, place an order, any order of $30 or more, you get $5 off for using the code JW5. You put my initials with the number five after them, and you get five bucks. So if you've got that special little order that you've got, that maybe you've got a few things you need to get, and you're not really sure if it's worth placing an order, well, you get a chance to get $5 off, uh, cut probably cut the shipping almost in half and uh, get a little discount there, earn a little bonus points from uh, the Cotsbro's bonus point system. Uh, win-win, guys. Five bucks off, JW5. This offer expires October 2nd. So get on it, take care of business, and go to Cotsbro's.com, support them. Thank you for listening in. Thanks, Cotsbro's Onyx, for supporting the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. we got a lot to talk about. Um, I had an interview, I did an interview recently with a local guy that I've been trying to nail down for quite a while, so it was great to, to sit down and finally get a, get a microphone pinned on him. He was dodging me for a little bit there, but um, he's a really good coyote trapper uh, up here and a guy that has a lot to share, so I'm excited to share that with you and uh, more stuff to talk about as things get going in trapping season, man. Things just are getting crazy. We've got so many things that uh, that we'll, we will be able to get into. And as always, email me, jrodwood at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, thoughts, whatever. Love to hear from you. Take care. Until next time, keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. Get out there and get ready. It's coming. Season is almost here. Take care, guys.